Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 8th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. It's January 8th means it's 8 degrees. Well, it's going to be 75 here in sunny, beautiful Orlando, Florida today. So I'm quite happy to get back <laughs> to the normal temperatures for Central Florida. <laughs> I have Broadway stars James Reno and Matt Sucks. Sorry. And I am on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak, and it's freezing in Chicago. So, yeah. how long hey. do you go back to Connecticut, though? I go back on the twentieth. So, uh, I'm sure it'll be much warmer in tropical Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, I'm I'm sure it will be. It's the triangulation <laughs> happening here, New York, Orlando, <laughs> Chicago. We're covering it all here. Yeah, we are. We are kind of like the uh, Illuminati of podcasters right now. So uh, got the triangle between us. But speaking of, we can say that Broadway radio is kind of the Illuminati of of theater podcasting for a couple of reasons here. First, James, we're not we I think we're pretty sure that on Thursday, the episode of Today on Broadway that comes out on Thursday morning will be the 1000th episode in Broadway radio history. That is it's bonkers. If if math is all linear, I think that that's correct. Um, <laughs> that... Yeah, there was there was a downed server at one point yeah. in like the the early aughts um, that might have disrupted that. But we think episode one thousand of Broadway Radio will come out in the feed on Thursday. We'll have a lot of other things to talk about with that um, on Thursday's episode. But that's awesome. Congratulations to you, James. I've been in here. Um, every day since since 2016, but you were doing Broadway radio for years before that. Um, and so congratulations to you, and we'll celebrate that a little bit more later this week. But some other things that we should celebrate is over this weekend, we had two great episodes come out. First was Jan Simpson's Stagecraft with playwright Robert O'Hara, whose new play Mankind is off-Broadway uh, currently. If you are like me, I, I need to tell you that it has, that has nothing to do with the persona of professional wrestler Mick Foley. Nothing. It was named Mankind. Nothing. No relation. Robert O'Hara, great playwright. Booty Candy was one of his other shows that was off-Broadway recently. And Jan just gets all of the great playwrights who have shows in New York and just ha has such great insight that she's able to get out of them. So listen to that. And then this is a great uh, autocorrect in my show notes here. Oh, gross. Um, yeah. Um, but this week on Broadway, James, that came out yesterday, you had the one, the only Groff sauce himself, Jonathan Groff, on the show to talk about his 92nd Street Y Lyrist and Lyricist series performance of the Bobby Darren story. Yeah, we had Groff on and we had a lot of fun. Um, I... I, I, I can't say enough. This is our, I think, our third appearance of Groff on Broadway Radio. Um, and the last one was a long time ago when he was doing Glee. So it was way before Hamilton, and he had no idea what was going to come up. And so it was great to go back and listen to the last episode when we interviewed him and uh, then listen to this episode and uh, comparison contract and he is just as real these days as he was you know way before the big successes hit it's it's so yeah. great to talk to somebody like Roth. i always equate him and laura osnes um in a lot of ways not only they're similar ages but like they're the two people who you look at in the broadway community community and think 
they are so nice and lovely that it can't mm-hmm. possibly be real. Like it has to be a front. <laughs> they have to be backstabbing Machiavellian in real life. And then yet when you talk to them or talk to people that know them, they're like, no, that's legit. So that always makes you, gives you a little warm and fuzzy. James, we've talked to Laura Osnes before and just genuinely lovely and considerate. And it's not a show. She doesn't turn on and off. Same thing with Groff. So I'm glad to hear that that was such a good experience on Sunday's episode. So if we had to name somebody who was the exact opposite, uh, well, anyway, we won't do that right now. I'm not not going to do that, especially not going <laughs> to no. talk about any any <laughs> former Glee co-stars uh, and uh, yeah. Spring Awakening co-stars. Oh, anyway, my never goodness. Mind. I'm sorry. Did I just do that? Did I just Man. totally spill tea? No. So on the Golden Globes, Golden Globes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are recording on Sunday night while the Golden Globes are currently being Oh, man. Uh, never getting her on the show. Um, but yeah, the Golden Globes are currently being <laughs> like she'd out. ever come um, on. I <laughs> know. Oh, seriously. Well, her TV show just got canceled again. Uh, anyway, so um, the Golden Globes are being handed out. Uh, we'll have them in full. We'll talk about them. There have already been a number of theater-related people who have won awards, including Nicole Kidman, if you count her as a theater person, but Rachel Brosnahan uh, and Elizabeth Moss have already won. I'm sure there will be more uh, coming up before the end of the night. So uh, we'll give you a full recap on tomorrow's episode. Oh, uh, I, 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 I meant to send this off to you, Matt, and I didn't do it. Uh, you know, sometime uh, fill in host Carrie Purcell um, for uh, various Broadway radio podcasts was on with Megan Kelly uh, uh, on Friday. I'm sorry for that. On Friday. And, and she actually, you know, Carrie is very much a feminist and a liberal, and she mm-hmm. said Megan Kelly was great. And, you know, uh, and so she was on the Megyn Kelly thing and uh, talking about women's issues. And, I, you know, we should I'll, I'll find a link somewhere and throw that in the show notes as well. Cool. Congratulations to Carrie. She's awesome. Yeah, she's done a lot. of. I mean, I think it's been a while since she's uh, been on this week on Broadway, but she's had some great bylines lately. She had the New York Times byline that we talked about, a Washington Post byline. So very good for her. I think last time Carrie was on was right after Present Laughter last year because we ran into her at the uh, theater and I asked her to come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so first up in the news, Jesus Christ Superstar Live finds another big time star. Yeah, I, I didn't put the full title. It's Jesus Super, or Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert, but whatever. Uh, uh, anyway, over the weekend, NBC announced that joining the previously announced Alice Cooper as King Herod and John Legend as JC himself will be Sarah Bareilles, uh, who is taking on really the only female role of note in the show, Mary Magdalene. The role was originated on the concept album on Broadway and in the film by disco diva Yvonne, if I can't have you, Element, and has two pretty big songs, Everything's All Right, but especially I Don't Know How to Love Him, which became kind of a, a pop hit uh, as well. Brellis obviously is currently getting ready to return to Broadway as Jenna in Waitress, which she wrote the score to. Uh, Natalie, you just saw the tour in Milwaukee mm-hmm. recently and loved it, right? Yes, it was amazing. So good. Very cool. Um, mm-hmm. Borellis also has a bit of a history with NBC as she was a judge on the acapella competition, The Sing-Off. Um, if I'm being honest, Borellis is not somebody that I would have picked for Mary. I, I wouldn't have heard her voice in those songs, but I do love Sarah Borellis, and she's not Nicole Scherzinger, so I guess that's good. Um, 
In case you forgot, Jesus Christ Superstar Live in Concert will be broadcast from Marcy Armory in Brooklyn on Easter Sunday, April 1st. Uh, Guys, while I'm still holding out hope for Adam Lambert as Judas, uh, I'm actually getting more and more optimistic about this. I I think doing this show in particular as a concert, a la the arena tour that they did in the UK or the Les Mis and Phantom um, anniversary concerts that they've done in the past 10 years, is really smart. I mean, no matter what show that it's been, there's always been this inherent cheesiness to these live broadcasts because they were trying to, you know, to split the line between theater and TV. And it just always came across as cheesy and and artificial. And I think by doing this first show, that's not a musical comedy, um, as a concert, it makes sense, especially since it's a sung through show. We've seen concert versions of Andrew Lloyd Webber shows before that have been really, really good and entertaining. And, and I think Jesus Christ Superstar being a rock musical, it just makes sense. So I think that by veering away from what they've done in the past, I think they've really found a great way to get the most out of this particular property, especially with these great names that we already know that are going to be involved. I am thinking what other types of things they can do in this realm, and I keep thinking Pink Floyd, The Wall. Uh, I keep that would be cool. You know, Tommy, to, you know Tommy, American Idiot. Uh, oh, we already have. Well, Amer- yeah, <laughs> no, different American Idiot, but no, HBO is doing a movie of American Idiot. Not to talk about the one who's actually no. like really smart, um, but I think this would be. <laughs> I think this one would be. This is going to be great, and there. Are, I think it opens up by by saying we don't have to follow the same pattern as um, as as either Grease Live or Sound of Music or Hairspray. That you can kind of think outside the box. It makes me wonder what the next one that's announced Rent is going to do a year from now. Are they going to do it more as a concert style? Are they going to do it on a stage? Um, like they're doing it here. Um, Natalie, you're you're kind of of the generation that is probably more of the demo that NBC and Fox are looking for with these things. Mm-hmm. Does the fact that this is a concert as opposed to a production change your level of interest in it or either for the better or for the worse? Or does it not matter one way or the other because it's just it's a musical on TV? I mean, I really like the idea of it being a concert this time because I have the same opinion of the previous live musicals that they've televised. Um, I did find them cheesy and I found them just not as interesting to watch because when you see something on stage, it's so magical and you're right there. And then watching that on TV, it's just not the same thing. So I think it's a great idea to make it into a concert. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. And uh, I think the fact that it's on Easter Sunday for a show that was deemed blasphemous and sacrilegious for so many years it just makes it even better for me it makes my cynical angry heart happy it's blasphemous that uh broadway performers who get the flu take off right oh i know <laughs> seriously over at the at the booth theater yeah, yeah terrible so stuff the flu but yeah hits, the flu hits the stars of meteor shower yeah, last week, uh, understudy extraordinaire Kate Reinders went on for both Laura Benanti and Amy Schumer within 72 hours. But yesterday, as incredible as Kate Reinders is, if you've seen her in uh, something rotten, you know or her cabaret act. I can't think of what it is. She has the, a two-woman skankalicious or something. I can't think of what it is. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's something like that. I think skank is in the title. But anyway, um, as incredible as she is, yesterday she's just – not able to be in two places at once. So producer Joey Parnes had to cancel the Sunday matinee because both Schumer 
and Benanti were unable to perform. In a statement, Parnes said, quote, we're really sorry for the disappointment and inconvenience today's audience will experience, and we look forward to welcoming back Amy and Laura next week. Performances are expected to resume as scheduled on Tuesday. Meteor Shower will continue to run at the Booth Theater just through January 21st. Now, guys, I mean, I think Joey Parnes and the rest of the the production had to know that this was a possibility when you only have one Mm -hmm. understudy for two female characters in a four-person show this is a risk that you have to take um now what i actually think would have been really interesting though is if the male understudy graham rowat had gone on for one of the female characters if they would have figured out a way whether it was graham knew one of the female parts and kate knew one of the male parts that if they could have gender swapped one of the, mm. the the characters in the couples. I don't. I haven't seen the show, James. You have. Um, I wonder if that would have been possible. If that would have. I, I mean, it would have changed what Steve Martin wrote. But that would have been an interesting way to make sure that something like this didn't happen, unless there was just like a complete mass pandemic over at the booth. <laughs> uh, I think that Rangers could have handled both characters at the same time. She could have. Uh, you know, She's she great. could do anything. It was the. Uh, Kate did a thing called Tasty Skank with uh, yeah, that's it. Sarah Litzinger. So, yes, uh, yeah. that's it. Tasty Skank. They're performing again somewhere soon. I saw it on a, either um, the Green Room 42 or somewhere. I, I, they're, they're going up. They're doing it soon. So check that out if you're in New York and looking for a fun cabaret show. <laughs> All right. Next up in the news, we have show and casting news. So tell us what's going on there. Yes, you remember a few weeks ago we talked about this star-studded West Side Story concert taking place at Washington, D.C.'s Kennedy Center featuring the National Symphony Orchestra along with Corey Cott as Tony and Soleil Pfeiffer as Maria. Well, at the time, On Your Feet star Anna Viafanye was scheduled to play Anita, but because she will be shooting the pilot for her new CBS sitcom History of Them, she has had to step away from the production. In her place, she will be... Uh, the person taking over the Anita role is one of my favorite performers, one of my favorite humans, Krista Rodriguez. Uh, the whole thing kind of happened last Thursday, and it was kind of a, sh- a shock because Anna was so excited about being a part of this production when it was announced. Um, we talked, I think we talked about it on here, about how she'd been hinting at something big and she was so excited about this. However... Her Instagram has been pretty interesting in the past week as well. First, she posted a video or two of her singing Helpless from Hamilton at a voice lesson last week. And then when the West Side Story news broke, she posted another video and said that she just might have another show at the Kennedy Center coming up later this year. And apropos of nothing, just so you know, the Hamilton tour will be playing the Kennedy Center from June 12th through September 16th, which which seems like it might be appropriate to mention at this point. I personally think that uh, Anna would be better at Angelica than Eliza. Not that her singing helpless means that she's playing Eliza, but who knows just for what it's worth. There's been rumors about her joining the Hamilton family for a while. And I think if she's going to do uh, a TV show, which may or may not get picked up by CBS, you know, having joining the tour here uh, fairly soon and then playing through the summer might be something uh, that would make sense, especially 
because we've got this next story here. Last week, Jeffrey Seller announced that Austin Scott and Nicholas Christopher would be taking over the roles of Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr in the first national tour of Hamilton. I'm glad that this press release clarified which tour they would be in. Uh, the pair will be replacing Michael Luaye and Joshua Henry. Luaye, as we talked about before, will be taking over the title role on Broadway, and Henry will be playing Billy Bigelow and Carousel on Broadway. Both of those two played the lead roles in the two California sit-down slash tour stops in San Francisco and Los Angeles during the majority of 2016. Uh, before Nicholas Christopher left to play John in Miss Saigon on Broadway, he was playing General George Washington on Broadway. So this is a return to the Hamilton family for him. And most recently, Scott played the Sheriff of Nottingham in the world premiere of the new Douglas Carter Bean musical, Hood, the Robin Hood musical adventure at the Dallas Theater Center over the summer. So uh, some really good stars going in there. They started their runs in San Diego over this past weekend. And then finally in this section, um, the, uh, the, what is this? What did we decide? How we were talking about this? Cause we've talked about this so many times, James, the two week war Broadway week. I don't remember what it's cause yeah. it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's two weeks. It's Broadway <laughs> week, but they're two for one tickets. Anyway, um, the tickets went on sale last week. You can get two for one tickets to Broadway shows between January 16th through February 4th. There are 19 shows participating at some form or another. Some of them might at this point be, um, sold out if you haven't gotten your tickets already, but A Bronx Tale, Aladdin, Anastasia, Beautiful, The Children, Farnelli and the King, Hello Dolly, Stories by Heart, Kinky Boots, Latin History for Morons, The Lion King, Once on This Island, The Parisian Woman, The Phantom of the Opera, The Play That Goes Wrong, School of Rock, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Wicked. Again, there are different ways that they participate, but you can go over to nycgo.com slash broadwayweek or get the link in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if you want to see what's available and what different options that you have. All right. Next up in the news, uh, we heard last week that Tony winner Ben Vereen was accused of sexually abusive behavior. Yeah, um, we haven't had as many of these as we thought we were going to, but uh, this is a pretty major one that we got last week. As the New York Daily News reported that two actresses are claiming that they were sexually harassed at best and abused at worst by Tony winner Ben Vereen when he was directing a production of Hair at the Venice Theater outside of Tampa in 2015. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details about these allegations because they're disturbing and there might be children listening, but we will have the full uh, daily news article in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if you want to read them in full. Um, however, they basically center around Vereen inviting um, young 20-something female cast members to his apartment where he was staying when he was in town for the show for, quote, private rehearsals that involved them getting naked and him pressing himself against them, forcing, uh, kissing, and pressuring them for more. In a statement, Vereen kind of apologized and admitted to the accusations, but kind of didn't, saying, quote, I would like to apologize directly to the female cast members of the musical Hair for my inappropriate conduct when I directed the production in 2015. He continued with one of those phony semi-apologies that is really just a justification, saying, quote, well, it was my intention to create an environment that replicated the themes of that musical during the rehearsal process. I have since come to understand that it is my conduct, not my intentions which are relevant here. So I'm not going to make any excuses because the only thing that matters here is acknowledging and apologizing for the effects of my conduct on the lives of these women. Uh, as I've said before, I don't understand hair. I don't get it at all. Um, but I'm pretty sure that there was nothing about 
being forced into sexual situations that they weren't comfortable with in the show. So I'm not exactly sure how his statement works. But anyway, um, both of the actresses have said that they have been were traumatized and deeply upset by the incident um, and have still taken uh, a lot of time to try to get over them and they still aren't there yet. So our thoughts are with them and uh, uh, just uh, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just it's fortunately we haven't had to talk about too, too many of these on this show, James and Natalie, but even one is, is more than necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, um, daily news, uh, covering a lot of, uh, Broadway stuff. Uh, are they, uh, heading back towards covering, uh, putting a full-time beat reporter on Broadway news because they also had that, that article on, um, the New York city councilman that, um, mm -hmm. got donations from Jordan Roth and other, other theater, officials just before the air rights uh, discussion happened earlier last year, which was very confusing to us as well. So uh, hopefully New York Daily we're, News is – what were you saying? So we're not the smartest group in the world. No. <laughs> shrimp, no offense, Broadway, Natalie. Broadway, Shrimp, Creole. No, Natalie's the smartest person on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. so, Thanks, by guys. far, by far. <laughs> yeah. you, could add you. Matt, you could add Matt and me together and uh, still not Ooh. reach Natalie's level. So. Yeah, our big 10 <laughs> educations. Yeah. All right. So what, what do we have in the recommendation section? Well, because Natalie is so smart and, and so much better than we are, I didn't want to throw it to her on the heels of that Ben Vereen story. So I've got a couple of real quick fun recommendations for everybody first. Um, the first one is Lena Hall's first video of her Obsessed series. In it, she sings Tear Me Down from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. James, I'm sure you loved it, and we will have it in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. The other video needs a little bit more explanation. It'll also be in the show notes, but it's a video of U.S men's figure skater jason brown now don't be confused um with jason robert brown i was really optimistic that he would be doing a figure skating routine he was not although i <laughs> think that would be so much better um but anyway uh figure skater jason brown did his short program last week at the u.s figure skating championships to the song the room where it happens from hamilton apparently the technicality and the skill level um, of his routine did not impress the judges all that much but the routine itself impressed hamilton creator lin-manuel miranda a lot who talked about how emotional it was and he tweeted out uh, the routine, and he talked about how much he loved it. Lynn has actually been very much on board for figure skating routines being done to Hamilton uh, as soon as the album came out. So this is right up his alley. Uh, after the U.S. competitions were finished, Brown finished sixth and was named as the first alternate to the team. So if somebody gets hurt or sick or can't compete, maybe we'll be seeing a Hamilton-inspired uh, performance at the Olympics later this year. Okay. Now, for what we've all been waiting for, uh, this week's theatrical <laughs> schedule. All right. Well, first up, Playwrights Horizon's original off-Broadway production entitled Mankind opens tonight, Monday, and it explores a future long after women have gone extinct from centuries of mistreatment. The cast features Emmy Award winner and Tony nominee Andre DeShields. Second Stage Theater's world premiere Cardinal begins previews on Tuesday. Lydia has a wild idea to spruce up the small town she's living in, but when a smart entrepreneur co-ops her scheme, a rivalry is born and the rest of the town reacts. Cardinal is directed by Kate Wariski, who most recently directed Pulitzer Prize-winning Sweat at Studio 54. 
The featured actors in this production include Emmy nominee Becky Ann Baker, known for her work on the HBO series Girls, Emmy nominee Anna Klumski from the HBO comedy Veep, and Adam Pally, star of ABC's Happy Endings. This production will officially open on January 30th. All right. So, Natalie, did you know who Anna Klumski was? Uh, or do you, do you mean other than this story? Do you know who she is? Um, well, not other than this story. I did research and I was like, OK, I heard her name and I kind of know who she is, but I wasn't too familiar. OK, see, because people your age might know her from the TV show Veep. People my age know her as my girl. She was the lead in the movie My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. And then I think they had a sequel. Dan Aykroyd played her dad. So if you are of a certain age, you know Anna Klumski from when she was young uh, in My Girl. And then you've seen her grow up to be an Emmy multi-Emmy nominee on Veep opposite uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So it's nice to see her coming back to the theater. She's done a lot of theater. I think most recently she was on Broadway as a replacement to Rose Byrne, and you can't take it with you. But she's awesome. So anyway, neither here nor there, just a non sequitur to throw you off your your flow. <laughs> no, no worries. It's cool. Uh, so The Way of the World opens on Tuesday in Washington, D.C. at the Folger Theater. This new comedy is set in the Hamptons where money and status determine everything. Tony nominee Christine Nielsen stars in this production. The Way of the World will run through February 11th. Also on Tuesday, Irish Repertory Theater's off-Broadway production entitled Disco Pigs opens. As we talked about in last week's segment, Disco Pigs explores the inseparable bond of pig and runt, as well as an unexpected surprise on their 17th birthday. This production will run through February 18th. Atlantic Theater Company's The Homecoming Queen begins previews on Wednesday. Playwright Nguzi Enyao... I did some research on that, so I hope I pronounced it right. Well done. Well done. Um, thank you. She is making her off-Broadway debut. This play is about a best-selling novelist who returns to Nigeria to care for her ailing father, but before she can bury him, she must relearn the traditions she's long forgotten. The Homecoming Queen will officially open on January 22nd. New York City Center's production entitled Party Face will begin previews on Thursday. In this production, careful plans are upended when a young woman's mother brings her own food to her daughter's party and also the quote-unquote right person to be her daughter's new best friend. Haley Mills stars in this production. Party Face will officially open on January 22nd. Roundabout Theatre Company's original Broadway production John Lithgow Stories by Heart opens on Thursday. Tony and Emmy Award winner John Lithgow performs what is described as a one-man theatrical memoir, which includes personal stories about his parents and grandmother. Girl from the North Country opens on Thursday at London's Noel Coward Theatre. As I mentioned in last week's segment, this production was written and directed by Connor McPherson with music and lyrics by Bob Dylan. This story brings to life the tales of a local community on the brink of change. The original off-Broadway production One Nation, One Mission, One Promise opens on Friday at the Players Theater. This live theatrical journey celebrates the heroes who have helped shape America and explores what would happen if Thomas Jefferson, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Martin Luther King shared a stage for the first time, or if Frederick Douglass attended a town hall meeting with Ellen DeGeneres. These heroes and more are honored in this production, and it will run through February 11th. Only off-Broadway. <laughs> Mary Stewart opens on Saturday in London at the Duke of York's Theatre. This political tragedy takes us behind the scenes of some of British history's most crucial days. Playing both Elizabeth I and Mary Stewart, Juliet Stevenson and Leah Williams trade the play's central roles, decided at each performance by the toss of a coin. 
The acting company's off-Broadway production X or Betty Shabazz vs. the Nation opens on Sunday. The assassination of Malcolm X, both the story we think we know and details that have seldom been shared, is brought to life in award-winning writer Marcus Gardley's new play. Now let's talk about the closings. We have just two Broadway musicals closing on Sunday. First, the original Broadway production, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and also the Broadway revival of Miss Saigon. And that's it for this week's schedule. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to Something a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Natalie, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Noack. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. Uh, Matt and I will be back to talk with you tomorrow. Oh,